This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, Ops Insiders. Welcome back to episode number five, where we're going to be talking all about the seven important pillars to your business strategy. This is the juiciest information that I have. And I am so excited to have Andrea Lane here to go over all of this amazingness with you. I want to first start by introducing her. She is my very first guest, which makes me super excited. We are like peanut butter and jelly. The two of us have such similar backgrounds and really have gone in depth and our businesses, we've watched each other's businesses change and mold as we have come into the Uh, director of operations space together. So want to give you a little bit of a background on Andrea and explain to you why I have chosen her to be here with me today. So first of all, just like me, she's got a big expertise in consulting in the Fortune 500 space. She's also been with a big five firm company and served in the roles of IT project manager and assistance consultant. Sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? Well, in 2011, she built, she left to build a creative business. It just, she was ready to do something a little bit different than what she was doing in corporate. And so she left, she built a thriving floral design company in 2011. After she realized it just took so much time away from her family, much like me, she really zoned in on what her zone of genius was. And it took her back to her roots in consulting. So Andrea and I met in 2018, and she has become a director of operations, a certified director of operations. And you will learn through this conversation today how she is using that in her own business. And it really goes to show that a director of operations can do lots of different things. And she is really scaling her business as a DOO in a very different way. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you. Will you give us just a real quick snip at what your business looks like today? Sure. Thank you so much for asking me to be your first guest on your podcast. How exciting is that? So yes, so I'm excited to be here. So my DO role looks very different than I think what most DOOs are doing. So I really have zoned in on the fact that I really love working in projects. And so, and I, I actually am certified as a project management professional that back, back into my corporate days. And so I just really love projects that have really quick hits. So I'm using a lot of the DOO strategies and making sure that businesses have the right foundations and they have the right strategic plan laid out. But I'm doing that through quick hit projects as opposed to coming onto people's team for a longer term. Yes, I love that. And I remember when you and I were kind of just now getting to know each other and you had had either a pivotal moment or just something that just really struck you. And you said, you know what? I don't want to be in businesses long-term. So you have really taken that knowledge and figured out how to do this that suits you, your family, your just in a way that makes you thrive. And so this has been so helpful. And I've seen your business just really take over 
and um, be very, very well received. And so, yes. yes, there are lots of different ways to do this, Absolutely. to use this information as a director of operations. So I'm yeah, so and I think glad. there's lots of different clients we can serve, right? So a lot of us that get into the businesses longer term as DOs, they're in a little bit larger, small businesses who are kind of up leveling to, you know, multiple six figures. I really love helping those people who are trying to even get to that first initial multiple six figure level and like helping them go from that solopreneur into kind of having the team and, and developing their foundation so that they actually can scale and grow. That is a good distinction. So for potential or for certified director of operations that are listening right now, it's good to see that the traditional DOO role or director of operations role does seem like one that is meant for a larger business, more to stay in the business for a long time. But Andrea is really focusing on bridging that gap to make sure that these people still get support, which is really important to the two of us. So I am just so excited that you're here. And (laughs) All the listeners, I want to let you guys know that I chose her to come on because of all the director of operations that have come through my program, she has been the one that has done the most strategic mapping sessions with people. And she knows this content, like I said, when I started just as well as I do. So I'm excited to kick, to get us kicked off and discussing this and see how you can use this in your business. So as a small business owner, there are seven different areas that are going to pull your attention and it's impossible to focus on all of them, at least well. And the reason for that is because there's one leader in seven different areas. And you can look at every single one of these areas or objectives as attention seekers. They're all kind of picking and poking up their heads saying, I want, I want you, I want you, I want you. And it just becomes super overwhelming. And that's when a lot of us feel like we just want to give it up, find something simple, hire a team, or just make some really, really rash decisions. So in a larger business or a corporation, kind of like the ones that Andrea and I have worked at, each of these areas that we're going to talk about today would have a senior vice president or someone kind of like a mini CEO that's solely responsible for that area. Think about a chief marketing officer, a CMO in a business, in a large business. Their whole job is basically to be the CEO of that marketing strategy. So it really goes to show you how much bandwidth each of these areas are going to try to take from you. So Andre and I are going to try to simplify this for you so that you can feel like you're making great strides and get a business strategy that really aligns to what you want to do and what you can do versus feeling overwhelmed and defeated. So we're going to start today with financial steadiness. It's number one, and you at the end of this are going to have an opportunity to rank these. So as I'm going through these with Andrea, I want you to just take notes, understand the different areas, and then you'll prioritize them at the end. So the very first one is financial steadiness. And man, this is not all about revenue. Even though it has the word financial in there, really this is about having a smart financial foundation for your business as well as you personally. A lot of us in small business are obviously doing this so that we can bring home some income and some profit into our families. So you and your personal finances are just as important as your business finances, definitely as a small business owner. So some of the projects that you may need to do underneath this objective of financial steadiness would be really determining, are you ready to go from a sole proprietorship to an LLC? Or do you need an S corp, a B corp? There are so many different options out there. I'm just going to run through a few questions that I typically ask clients as we're starting this, because it really goes to show you the breadth and the importance 
of having all of these ducks in a row. So are you categorizing your expenses monthly? So that doesn't even have to be you. It could be somebody else doing that, but are you doing that? Because we really don't want to lose touch with how that is affecting your profit and loss statement. I will say you need to have a PL every single month. And if you don't, that's step one. And if you do, are you looking at it? I cannot tell you how many businesses I hop into and ask people, so what's your, you know, what does your PL look like this month? And they have no clue. They're like, oh, my accountant sends it to me, but I never look at it. And that is so, so common. As a business owner, you know that we're going to have to pay taxes. And so are you saving for taxes or are you just living on a hope and a prayer that by the time Q1 comes up, for the next tax year, you've got enough money in savings. That's definitely not the way that we want you to strategically plan out your business. Then do you know how much you need to bring home? You also need to think about protecting your assets. And this is also tied together to this LLC or an S-corp, et cetera. But there are many different professionals that fall under financial steadiness. So of the questions that I just asked, you may be thinking, I need a bookkeeper. I need a lawyer. I need an accountant. I need a financial planner. You guys, so much of this can be done on your own, but it does, you have to save space and carve out attention to make sure that this stuff gets done. This is 90% of the time, the number one objective in all businesses. Unless you happen to be that three to 5% that are independently wealthy and have set up a business to try to hide money, but that is just not the case for most people that I work with. You find that too, Andrea? Oh my gosh, no. Like we're in a business, so we're trying to make money. That's part of being a business, right? We're not just an entrepreneur with all the ideas. We are a business and we're trying to make money. Yes. <laughs> we're trying to do it legally and ethically. <laughs> yes. And save on taxes for sure. So yes. in a large corporation, this the chief officer for this or the senior officer would be a chief financial officer. So that just goes to show you that's a big role that we hear about all the time. And this is one of seven major hats that you're going to be wearing in your business. So just make sure you take this one very, very seriously. This is one that I'm often pulling people who are very experienced, maybe multiple six and even seven figure businesses back to because they skipped over it. And I will be very honest, I skipped over some of these as well. So just as I have become more and more entrenched in the financial strategies of businesses, this has to be number one. You don't have to do it all at, all at one time. You just have to make sure that this stuff is planned for and you're taking care of the things that mean the most to you. Because after all, you want to protect the profit that's coming in and you also want to make sure that you're continuously building revenue. So that is all on financial steadiness. We're going to move on to number two, which is visibility. All right. So I'm going to take over from here. So visibility is the place in our businesses that we often kind of spend a whole bunch of time because we're worried about making sure we are attracting and we're converting enough of our customers. And that's really important, but you have to remember it's one of these seven things. And so we don't want to be spending so much time in it at the expense of everything else. And I think it's a really easy place for that to happen. So this is the area of your business that typically if you're a large corporation, it's, it's controlled by a chief of marketing. And they spend, um, they usually have a big team and they're doing all of that work for us. And so that's why you often hear people talking about hiring out branding managers and hiring people to help them do Facebook ads and things like that, because it's a place where there's a lot of depth out there in the market space. Absolutely. And I will just say that just practically speaking, if you're needing revenue, when people come to me and they're saying, goodness, I, you know, I need to turn more product or I need more revenue, need more profit. 
I usually will tell them, look at your, look at what you're doing for visibility. Are you getting your name out there? Do people know you? Because chances are we have to make sure that we're always putting more eyes on us. And as you're starting this, if you're a small business and um, you don't have a big budget for this, which is when you said earlier, Andrea, that this is something that we can really get tied up in, I will say that people can overspend in this visibility area and the marketing area so, so quickly way too early in business. And there are so many free resources out here. Several of the things that you just mentioned, I mean, can you manage your social media by yourself? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Can you pitch yourself to be a podcast guest? Absolutely. Can you offer to do collaborations with a business friend that makes sense for your market? Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that you can do free or very low cost to make sure that you're getting visible. But as many of the marketing entrepreneurship leaders out there, you've got to build that list. And that's where the visibility really starts. So just know that there's lots of different ways that you can do this. You're going to choose the one that works for you and your audience receives the best. But no, visibility is always at the top of the list for most small businesses. You just have to be very diligent about how much time you're putting into this. So moving on to number three, strategic objective number three, this is product creation and refinement. And this is what is responsible for generating revenue. When you start a business, this is the one that you're likely thinking about because you had a product or a service or a passion that was inside of you and you just could not wait to get it out into the market space, to have somebody paying you for that you name it, your copywriting services or a beautiful candle or whatever that may be, you could not wait to get it out there. And so you said, man, I can sell this for this. And it sounded so simple. Not only did it sound simple, it was extremely exciting because creating products really is a dreaming activity. So as a dreamer or a visionary, you just have to be very careful that you understand all that goes into developing that product. So just because I want to be a copywriter and I want to write, I'm just going to make this up, but just because I want to be a copywriter and sell blog writing services, it's just not that simple. How are you going to strategically provide that? How are you going to price it? How are you going to get this out into the market in a way that's going to be very appropriate for you, right? So it's it's easy to be a dreamer. And I work with dreamers. I support dreamers. And so does Andrea and every yeah. other director of operations. We support dreamers, but it's very easy. Even though I'm not a quote unquote visionary and I happen to be more on the integrator scale, I can tell you it's still very exciting for me to dream of new ways that I can serve you. Just putting this podcast together was extremely exciting. But until I sat down to really understand what the scope of putting a podcast was together, it really had no legs. And for me, that's just the difference in a visionary and an integrator. A visionary sees the end. I see all the middle and all the work that has to get there. So I'm very, very slow to create products and to get them out because I'm always looking at the list. Whereas if you are a visionary or you're supporting a visionary, you're going to see someone who's always bringing you great ideas. They're amazing brainstormers. And it's really exciting for me to hear those because I get excited and charged by creating the product. They get excited about the outcome. And so product creation and refinement is ultimately responsible for creating that revenue. Now you're going to use the other objectives like visibility, et cetera, to make sure that that happens. But coming up and innovating a new product 
is definitely one pillar that is going to be important. So this is what offer, what service are you going to put out into the marketplace? And when you're thinking of this area, think of launches. So if you're going to be launching a new offering, maybe even a a website, a book, an event, a podcast, whatever that is, it all comes down to product development and product creation. The other piece on here that I recently added to this scope is refining and improving. So you know it's so common once you have launched something that you're going to go back and you're going to launch it again. You're going to continuously refine this. So I have put out the Director of Operations Certification three times now, and every single time I keep re-recording that content to make sure that I'm incorporating all the feedback that I get. Same thing with event planning. You can say this for every single launch, essentially, but I have done multiple events for the same person. And every time we just keep improving and simplifying. And you want to make sure that you're doing that as a part of this product creation and refinement. Awesome. So we're going to talk about the next pillar, which is one of my personal favorites, which is operational excellence. And I really come from this deep systems background and systems meaning software and processes and workflows, not systems. I think most people think of systems and they think of the software to start with, but it's really the three. It's really the people, the systems, and the software, the processes being the systems, and the way that those combine together to create this platform so that everything in your business is working effectively. And so operational excellence is one of those things. I think a lot of people come to us and they start saying, I'm just really tired of the admin work. And I'm really frustrated about how long it's taking. And it's really making me have a lot of stress. And when you can make your operations more streamlined and more effective, that's where you really gain a lot of the momentum that a lot of businesses are looking for. Okay, so operational excellence is thinking through the automation. And then what are those processes that you're going to automate? How are you going to put them in the order so that the system effectively collects all of those data and all of that task so that you're running effectively and efficiently? And so a lot of what goes into this is creating systems, creating like workflows where you outline task by task and creating those SOPs that you all hear about all the time. And SOPs stand for standard operating procedures. And all this stuff sounds like a little like, oh, do I really have to do that in my business? And the answer is yes. Like if you really want a business that's going to have a clean foundation for you to work within and for your clients to come and work within, this operations piece is really, really important. So I always talk to my clients about how can we systematize the work that they're doing? And a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm a creative business owner and I want to have all the uniqueness in my business. And ultimately, what we try to do in systematizing your business is to create the steps so that there's a framework there so that you can be creative within those steps. And when you do that, you spend more time creating unique and interesting product and services and a whole bunch of less time thinking through the steps that it's going to take to do that and how to deliver that. And so that's why it becomes super important. And I think it's really, really interesting when you see businesses take the steps to do this work, how much more time they actually get back into their businesses. Right. This is something that I know that most people who come to us, they're naturally thinking, oh goodness, I'm so excited to get the systems off my desk and have somebody else do this. And it definitely requires the CEO and whoever you're hiring to help you with this operate with these operational tasks to get them out of your head. There's definitely a partnership there, but for the most part, quite a bit of the heavy lifting is going to be done without 
the business owner. So this is something that's really, really great to delegate to someone, whether that's a virtual assistant, it really can be a bunch of different people and titles of folks who can do this for you. The in-depth processes that can be taken out of your head and put into a systemized plan will save you time and money. And this is why this is so important in the scaling piece. There is no business out there that can scale without making your operations excellent. Yeah. And, and in the corporate world, these are the COOs of the world, the, the chief of operations and um, DOO, director of operations. You can see the parallels here. I yeah. think a lot of us that are doing this kind of work, this is kind of where our found, our foundations come from. This is where we're really good at seeing the patterns in people's businesses. And we've seen them in other people's businesses. And by combining what they're doing and what we've seen out in the market space, we really can make a much more efficient business for people. And again, that's where you pick up all the extra time so that you can go out and do more visibility and you can serve your clients more in other ways. Yes. You guys are going to hear this time and time again throughout this podcast, but by having a director of operations or someone that's your right-hand person, you as a CEO and the leader of your business are going to be able to sell, to create content and to build those relationships that are going to be essential for you to move forward in your business, all while handing over all of the backend stuff to somebody that you really, really trust who understands where you're going and is able to make it happen by leading the team and building these processes. So operational excellence is the fourth strategic objective that we've talked about today. And this pillar is something that is really, really important if you are determined to scale your business. And when I say scale, just for reference here, I think of businesses as building, growing, and scaling. Building is really startup phase. Growing is going to be once you have some established revenue and you're continuously pushing to increase that profit margin at that point. So you've got consistent revenue coming in, but you're trying to optimize it. This is where operations becomes very, very important. So you can increase that profit margin. Once you're doing that, then we start looking at a scaling piece where we can bring in a bigger team to exponentially get things created and out into the marketplace faster. That's what scaling is, at least in my, to me. And I think it's important for you guys to know that too. Agreed. Like growth is adding, scaling is multiplying. Ooh, you're so good. That's <laughs> great way of looking at it. So I'm going to move on to number five, which is team growth. And this again is how you scale your business. Once you get through that, when you're ready to multiply, as Andrea said, this is where you're really going to see that. Will you have people before that stage? Absolutely. But they're going to be in smaller capacities and much like my team is today. They're independent and um, they're not my employee. They're a contractor for me. So when it comes to team growth, you need to know who it is that you need on your team to scale this business. So scaling, I love to use this term and it sounds a little bit nerdy, but if you're going to be hanging out with me, you should know what human capital is. But human capital is literally think of capital. Like if you're going to invest in a business, that would be money the way that you're usually probably used to thinking of capital is in dollars. I'm thinking of capital as in humans. So you are going to scale by using human capital to create growth in your business, essentially to multiply yourself. So lots of times in the small business and specifically the online business world, you're going to see things like executive assistants, virtual assistants, business managers, project managers, director of operations, and the names and titles go on and on and on. <laughs> but these are going to be some of the greatest people that you can lean on, some of the greatest roles that you can lean on as you're starting to scale your business. Then 
you're probably going to look at specialists like strategists. Andre is a great example of that. A marketer, maybe some ad agencies, a specific copywriter for maybe your opt-in sequence or whatever that may look like, graphics, just to name a few. And this really goes on and on. The great thing about a specialist is they don't tend to stick around in your business forever and always. Whereas some of these other assistants and operational assistants are going to be there for a much longer time. Other things with team growth, it's not just about adding people to your team. It's also making sure that you have a succession for them. So as your business grows from that building to growing or growing to scaling, as it's growing, what are you doing for the people who mean a lot to your business? Are you providing them some sort of succession planning? Even as a small business owner, if you've got someone who is just killing it on your team, who's committed to your vision, who understands where you want to go and is completing your sentences, that may be somebody you want to hang on to. And still underneath this team growth pillar, you want to make sure that you're providing them a succession. Do they fit into your business? And how are you going to keep, how are you going to retent them or retain them over time? Is that important to you? And it really is going to depend on what your team is going to look like in the future. I'm definitely not one for holding on to somebody just because I want to make sure that they fit into your grand scheme. But team growth is not just about bringing people on. It's also keeping the people that you have happy. And another really big question that I'm starting to get more and more frequently is, do I need an independent contractor or should I switch over to employee status? And while that's an entire podcast episode on its, in itself, I will say that this is all happening underneath that teen growth. You're not going to think that at the very beginning of business, right? When you first put your business together, you're not thinking, oh, do I need an employee? It's just, doesn't, it's not feasible. It doesn't make sense yet. You don't have the revenue or capital in your own business to make that a reality. But later on down the road, when scaling really is taking place, you're going to find that these are questions that pop up and these are themes that are coming up. And that would make team growth a higher priority in your business than some of the others that we have mentioned. If you are in corporate, and I keep pulling us back to what that corporate role would be, because I really want at the end of this for you to understand just how much work small business is and why you feel the way you do sometimes. But a chief HR officer is, or a, C- a CAO, you may have, you may hear them as a, uh, as a CAO or a CHRO, but those are going to be the senior leaders in a corporation. So you, in addition to all the other roles that we've talked about, are still having to play that role in the scheme of being the CEO of your business as a small business. So Andre, anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I feel like you have like such a good background in HR and from the corporate experience and such a wealth here. I mean, I listen to what Natalie has to say about this. And when she does her future podcast on independent contractor versus employees, like definitely listen to that thing. It is. I love this stuff. It's (laughs) part of the nerdiness of me falls in HR for sure. So Andrea, take it over for the sixth strategic objective. Yeah. So the sixth one is customer experience. And this is how you'll delight your customers. And I just want to start by saying we're on the sixth one now, and you're starting to probably think about like what order some of these things probably are falling in your own mind. And I think a lot of us hear them and they're like, definitely that's number one. Definitely. Oh, that one's way at the top. And even when we get to customer experience, I think also we think, oh yeah, my customers are important to me. That needs to be at the top. But here's the thing by doing several of these other pillars, 
you are supporting your customers and you are making them important. And so if you are sitting here thinking, well, gosh, maybe customer experience is further down and you start to feel bad about that, don't feel bad about it. Just because customer might sit at six or seven doesn't mean that it's not important to your business. It just means that you're doing other things that are going to be more supportive of your business at that time. A lot of times those things also provide better customer experiences. So the reason I say heartstrings to not put this as number one. It does. And I think a lot of people, a lot of my clients are like, gosh, customer experience is ultimately important to me. But the way you get to customer experience, which when we're talking about that, we're talking about what do you do with a customer when it's time for them to come into your business? So you've attracted them, you've converted them through a sales call, and now you got to work with them. And what are you going to do? You need to onboard them. You need to have contracts and invoices. You need to be able to communicate with them effectively and make sure they know what they're getting from you, when they're getting it, how often they're going to be talking with you, setting their expectations, creating and developing that relationship with them, especially if you're the kind of person who is looking for longer term work with somebody that that part is really important, getting that relationship built really well. But if, if you're somebody who's a specialist like me, part of this is giving getting feedback and testimonials and offboarding. All of that stuff matters because you want your customer to feel important through that whole process. But a lot of these other pillars also support that and get you there. So don't feel bad if this is like something that goes down to the bottom of the list because that doesn't mean customers aren't important. So anyways, I just wanted to make sure you understand that. And I think as you get through these things and you start to develop like projects related to these other pillars, you'll get to a point in your business where you will probably do some customer experience related projects. And this will rise up a little further on your list. I just think that's just part of establishing your business and getting into some of those growth and scaling phases. Yes. So anyways, that's what that is. So, you know, don't forget about it. It's important to make sure that your customers are well taken care of. But some of those things that you might think, oh, I I just have to have those right now. You do, but not at the expense of being able to attract them and being able to make money and being able to have a a, a well running team and stuff like that and making sure that your operations itself are, are and processes are in place to be able to handle this. And typically the person in a corporation or in a business that's going to handle this, a lot of times they're like, they're called things like director of happiness, you know, or their community, their director of community. So these are going to be your people who have a lot of really great relationship building skills. Right. I worked in a in a call center for a financial services company. And so our call center was the face of the member, right? It was the yeah. face of those folks who kept the lights on, proverbially speaking. But mm-hmm. that's that's the leader that handled all of this. I want to add something here, Andrea, and I'm sh- I, I'd love to hear what you have okay. to say. But when I bring this up to people and I say, so what are some of the things that we could do to increase your customer experience or satisfaction? The first thing that they tell me is, oh yeah, I really want to get to the point where I'm sending nice gifts and I'm sending holiday gifts and I'm doing this. Do you hear the same thing? All the time. People think customer experiences are all about gift giving. And the reality of it is is the customer experience starts from the moment that you start actually talking back and forth to them. And a lot of that time, time, that's invisibility. It's really about establishing a really good brand language that fosters that relationship building. So much of this comes down to communication. It does. Alluding to that a second ago, but this is so, so simple with clear communication, knowing how to communicate to your people. So don't, I I just really want to press and I will do several podcasts on this, but you do not, I don't want you to think that customer satisfaction 
is only going to be enhanced or delivered by a physical gift because more times than not, they're going to remember your experience far more than the beautiful candle that you sent them at Christmas or over the holidays. So just want to make sure that we are making sure that you're thinking of customer experience all the way from soup to nuts, from the very beginning, from those very, after that conversion, whatever that is, a sales call, a, you know, a buy button, whatever that looks like, how is that person taken care of and courted as they do this? And so you will win more times than not just by having a phenomenal email sequence, a phenomenal outreach. A lot of this can be systematized. And so we do see things in customer experience popping up underneath operational excellence. We do a lot, you know, especially when you're setting up like a a customer relationship management system and you're creating those canned emails and everybody's like, oh, canned emails. And, but if you put the branded language in there that builds that relationship and makes that customer feel like they are loved and that they are treasured by you, it doesn't matter if you say that in multiple canned emails to multiple customers. If it's true, it's true. Yeah. It's kind of like visibility now that I'm, mm-hmm. as I'm saying this and articulating it out loud, visibility and customer experience. There's a lot that we can do for free. Yes. That we can automate that can be done before we really start looking at some of those pricier, more impressive endeavors that happen. And I believe they can happen in your business, but I am not convinced that they really make a hill of beans in the end. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the way you talk and you interact with your customers. That's the most important thing when it comes to a customer experience. So that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm going to wrap it up today. I'm going to bring it home by talking about growth and development. And if you're listening to this, I know that you are committed to growth and development. So this is not one that is typically high up on the prioritization, but this is how you're going to grow professionally. And just some ideas, and I bet you could say yes, yes, yes to all of these that you can use to grow professionally are courses. How many of us have taken free and paid courses, books? How many professional development books do you have in your library, on your desk? I'm looking around my office and I'm- My Audible account. (laughs) Audible. I just went through last night, now that you say that, and just flagged to put them to my wish list. Mm -hmm. Paid groups like masterminds, Facebook groups, events, coffee chats. Think of all the ways. I would love for you to think about every single way that you are growing yourself from a professional perspective. I guarantee you the list is long because entrepreneurs, this is their jam. This is what got us here, right? We love refining ourselves. And so growth and development is already happening, which lends itself to being on the lower, from a ranking perspective, lends itself to being lower. The other thing I want you to think about with growth and development are your boundaries. So take a few minutes to realize and and put in writing what are your working boundaries? And make sure to honor those. So you're going to be growing personally by saying, if your boundary, I'll give you an example. If your boundary is that you're not going to work from three to nine so that you can drive your kids around, this is my boundary, by the way. But if you're not going to work from three to nine, make it clear, make sure that you're articulating that because that's how I am growing. That's what's validating me having a much different role from corporate, right? That is what's allowing me to be home to work in the capacity that I'm working today because I'm honoring that boundary. If I start to get fuzzy on that boundary, my personal growth and fulfillment is going to be, I'm going to, that's when you're going to start seeing frustration and overwhelm. And why am I doing this? This this can be so hard. So know your boundaries and make sure that you're honoring those. And I really want to make sure that that comes underneath this growth and development space. 
I want to just add something here. One of the things that we often get caught up in as an entrepreneur is that constant learning. And at some point, you really need to take that stuff and feel confident that you know it and go out and use it. I've actually, because I'm like constantly looking for additional education and growth development opportunities, I gave my, I put a moratorium on myself yep. in the later part of 2018. And I just said, I'm not allowed to take another course, read another book listen to another thing until I do X, Y, Z, because what I was doing is I was getting caught up in this whole growth and development piece. And it was so fulfilling to me. And it was filling this like place in me that made me feel more and more and more like I was the expert in what I needed. But at some point you need to own that. And I think that's why a lot of times I encourage my people that I work with to list this last because a lot of times we're just doing this anyways, but we can't allow it to come in and like take over everything else that we're trying to do in our business and keep right. us from things. I am always so tempted by a new launch of something. I mean, there's a big launch going on right now in the entrepreneurial space. And as much as I want to open it up and get some good, I tell myself, oh, I'm going to get some great ideas. The reality is I don't need any more ideas. I need to get the things that are in my head out so that I can be fulfilled from a revenue perspective. And you can respect your boundaries because a lot of times these are the things that a lot of times blur those boundaries. Like you're in the car and you're driving your kid to the volleyball practice and you've got another book on, Yep. you know, and so maybe true. that time would be better spent actually talking to them, especially <laughs> if they're a teenager like mine. And that's the only chance you get to talk to her. That is so true. <laughs> I've done the exact same thing. I can't tell you how many um, growth and development books these poor kids have had to listen to. But mm. anywho, Andre and I just wrapped up the seven pillars for your business. And I want you to know that the, every single one of these is extremely weighty. And so you're going to be pulled in several directions as you're building your business, as you're growing your business, and as you're scaling your business. They don't go away. We just learn how to prioritize them better and outsource the weakest links. So to keep your sanity, small business owners are, should prioritize these seven pillars, number one through seven. And you're going to have to have some tough love with yourself. Andrea talked about, you know, like customer experience, man, it's so hard to put that at the bottom or growth and development is so hard to put that at the bottom. But remember, if we want to move forward in this business, we have to make sure that we're staying in our lanes and really focusing on the pillars that are going to bring us revenue or whatever it is that your primary goal is at the time. If this is the first time you're listening or the next time you're listening, I just want to remind you that every single time that you listen to an episode, you are going to be promised an activity that's going to couple with the content that you heard, and it's going to allow you to move your business forward. So this activity this week, I would like you to take about 30 minutes out of your week and establish what one through seven is in your business. So just to recap, we have financial steadiness, visibility, product creation and refinement, operational excellence, team growth, customer experience, and growth and development. So those are the seven that I would like you to rank number one through seven. Any tips here, Andrea? Yeah. Once you get those ranked, like, and maybe it might help while you're ranking them to maybe think of one thing in each area that you feel like really needs to be addressed. And then think about how important those activities are so that you can kind of get to what your top 
two, three, four are, because at some point you're going to need to decide that it's time to work on those. And you cannot, I mean, we're, we're trying to create revenue in our businesses and we're delivering our services and our products. We can't just spend our entire days working on projects for our business, but we need to set aside time to do that. And so you really do need to be able to say, these are the most important in the top two to three to four of those. You know, that's where you'll end up spending your time in the next couple of quarters. Yes. And if you're looking at one through seven, the first three are going to be the ones that you need to move on. You know, you've already, you've witnessed this, you've experienced this, you're putting this down on paper or digital paper, that these are the most important to you. Make sure you're spending time there. That doesn't mean that you're not, like Andrea said, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have projects and activities in every single one of these, but you're going to need to make sure that you're spending your time in the right place to get you closer to your vision. And if you find yourself, let's say you see some of these activities and some of these projects that are coming up that happen to be in four or five, six or seven, just make sure that you're always asking yourself, is this a shiny object? I work with so many people who will come to me and say, I want to start a podcast. I heard that that's the best way to get leads or whatever it may be. And they are all in. They're so excited. Over the weekend, they may be sending me a Voxer. I mean, they're super charged about starting this podcast or writing this book or adding this new service, whatever it may be. And if those are not things that are in the top of their strategic objectives in this prioritization that we're talking about, I do have to be the bearer of bad news and boundary and say, hey, this is this is not what we're planning for. If we want to like, let's sit through this for this next quarter. Let's make sure that we stay focused on what it is that you assigned as important. And then let's look at this. So the idea kind of goes into a parking lot versus being a distraction, which so many of us do. What happens with too many distractions? We never meet our vision. We just keep filling it with things and distractions. So just make sure after this episode, you are going to rank number one through seven. And I would love for you to post that in our Facebook group. You can join that by going to theopsinsiders.com. But before we wrap up, I just want to thank you, Andrea, for sharing all of your knowledge and all of the experience that you have in doing this from all facets of your life. Where can our (laughs) amazing listeners find you? Yeah. So I hang out on Instagram. I love it over there. My favorite thing is to relationship build through Instagram by talking to people through the comments and through the DM. So I'm the create at the creative spring over there. And then I wanted to tell you guys, I have some really great resources available to you for free in my resource library. There's 13 of them and it's all these business building systems oriented step-by-step guidance type documents. Please, by all means, go to www.thecreativespring.co and under resource library, you'll find them and use them. They're going to help you like with the execution of some of this. Yes. I remember when you had just updated your website, I went there and it was like, oh my goodness, you're giving all of this away for free. This is amazing. So some of these were paid trainings in the past. And so Mm -hmm. she has put together a collective of amazing resources. So go check her out at thecreativespring.co. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your everything that you've done for the director of ops community. And as you are serving all of the clients that you have out there, creative clients, right back at you. Thanks again, guys. I'd love to see those priorities. Make sure you join our community at theopsinsiders.com and share your one through seven list. And let's do big things in business. 
Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.